0: Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. It's episode 11 of NBA Intel. Your co-host, Kimbui Bomani, and my main man, Clement Gibson. We're here to talk about playoff basketball, the best time of the year in the NBA. we made get- it through the 82-game gauntlet, and we're ready to talk about really all these pressing series, these pressing matchups that pretty much are win or go home, bro, win or go home. But before we dive into the topics, Clem. Let's reflect on the regular season. What what do you what did you like about it? What you didn't like about it? Memorable moments for you as we head into the most important stretch of the season, postseason NBA hoops.
1: And most memorable moment, I'm trying to think. Um, shoot, first thing that comes to my mind is just ah, Embiid's dominance throughout the year, but also him, you know, kind of crying about not. <laughs> Now winning it. Um I can also talk about man the the many punches that was thrown this year. Just like I mean at walls, at teammates, at teammates' shoulders, um, the the injuries, um, the disappointments in like Zion not being healthy, Kawhi, you know, not playing as many games as we thought, despite him having the whole summer to rest. Um, LeBron and AD, It's just been such an up and down season, but I'm just glad that we've made it to the play. And even though we still have some stars out, um, I think we have more going into this postseason than we did last. So uh, I'll celebrate the little wins.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. I think for me, just remembering this NBA season, it's going to be the injuries. It's going to be the conversation about rest, too much rest. The the CBA coming out um, Mm -hmm. really, I think, provided some revolutionary change down the line. We're going to, you know, really be able to witness that next season. But uh, really the the emergence of a lot of teams, Oklahoma City's in the play-in. We didn't expect that. I think a lot of people thought, you know, Sacramento, best team they've had in a while, they'd make the playoffs, but they're a top three seed in the West. You know, I had the Knicks winning 40 games. They say, bump that, we're going to win 48, and we're going to make the playoffs too. So I think a lot of up-and-coming rising teams reaching that new threshold Within their development, getting ready to showcase themselves on a prime time stage and playoff hoops. And it gives really the casual fan. Now you're going to have an opportunity to see these teams play at the brightest lights in front of everybody that you may have not been able to see throughout the year. So can't wait to witness that. So let's just dive right in, my guy. Let's just dive right Dude, in. Um, Eastern Conference, we're going to focus on the three, six, four, five matches before we get into the play in Philadelphia 76ers, Clem, versus the Brooklyn. Nets. Now, the Nets, after the trade deadline where they shipped KD and Kyrie off, they went 11 and 13 with their core of Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Spencer Dinwiddie, but they did beat Boston, they did beat Denver, and they won the season series over Miami, which is why they're not in the play-in, and Miami is, during that stretch to get to this point. Now, climb their top five in three-point percentage, seventh in field goal efficiency, fourth at defensive field goal efficiency allowed, To me, they're a three-point shooting version of the Toronto Raptors. Do you give them any chance against Philly to potentially send this series to six, maybe even seven games?
1: No. Um, I think, well, let me not be a little too critical. I think it'll be five games. Um, I think, surprisingly, Brooklyn might come out and take that first game. Because I can see Philly coming out being like today's boo. Uh, Being like, oh, you know, we thought there was a chance we might play the Heat. I I even thought that the Heat were going to overcome them and and, uh, get to that six seed. But, I mean, they don't match up well with Embiid, but they do match up pretty well with the perimeter players. Um, If Mikhail Bridges comes out scoring the way he's been scoring the last 10 to 15 games, um, and we already know what he can bring on the defensive end, and Harden hasn't been the most healthy or been playing the well Um, as well as we think or know he can play Um, I can see them coming out and jumping on them early and stealing game one but then NB just goes beast mode the next four games and uh, gets them through but um, they have a chance I guess I just I'm not willing to put much stock into them winning um, two games against this Philadelphia team just because Embiid, man, he's going to be hard to stop, and Claxton's a pretty good defender, and he's, you know, taking really big strikes this year and was even in a Defensive Player of the Year conversation, like midway through the season. But just his frame is not going to be big enough to stop Embiid, and they don't have any guy, anybody else that can really match up with him. And I think Embiid's probably going to average close to 38, 38 points, 14 rebounds, a couple of blocks this series. think it'll be a good series for Maxie to get his feet wet again in the playoffs and then also for Harden, too. See where he's at, honestly, with his injury. I, I, look, I'm not a big Harden playoff guy, so <laughs> I, I don't have much faith in him at all. Um, so I think they're going to lose in the second round. Uh, but at least Embiid will have his trophy and he'll be happy about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been begging for that MVP for a while. And uh, right. he's going to get it. Well, We're going we gonna to talk about the awards later, man. We're going we gonna to get to that, too. But I got the Nets getting two games, and I think the reason why is the Sixers do have a tendency, Clem, to get a little bit Embiid centric. Yeah. Doc has it sh- has shown a tendency to be Doc, um. So I think it's gonna probably go six games. But like you stated before, the dominance of Embiid is just gonna eventually overwhelm Brooklyn, who's very light up front, especially at the five. I mean, bro, he's leading the league in scoring, and he's shooting damn near fifty five percent from the field. Like that, like like that's phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, it's incredible. Now, Harden, he's going to probably struggle because the Nets have, like you stated, they have the personnel on the perimeter, man. They got Bridges. They got Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, they got the length. They got the versatility at the wing spots. Royce O'Neal, too, to throw different bodies at him. But I think this might be a Maxie, Tyrese Maxie-type breakthrough playoff series. Um, before, you know, he had that 8-point out against Boston. He was going on a tear, bro, at least scoring 21 a night, seven of his last eight games. Um, Philly's man—they're gonna have to defend the three pretty well against Brooklyn. They can shoot that thing, man. They have Bridges, Johnson, Harris, Royce O'Neal. They all shoot thirty-seven percent from deep. If you don't close out, it's gonna be a long series. But I think Embiid's is the reason why Philly's gonna win. Now, if the Nets had an actual center, um, and I he he don't he doesn't have to be Joel, but if they had a guy at the five that could defend. Joel decent enough and give them 10 to 15 points I may say this could go seven but since they don't have that uh it smells like a six game series and you said Brooklyn might be able to take the first one I could see that too and I think for it to go six they're gonna have to take the first one um I don't think they can afford to come out and wet the bed early and then say hey we can get it back in the second game but I mean that's how I kind of see it for Brooklyn when they made the deal for Bridges I was like, look, the way they are at the standings, and the way McHale kind of showed his prominence with the Suns, I was like, they're probably gonna still make the playoffs, and they did. Now it looked a little sketchy at the end, um, and I think, like I stated before early on in the segment, them beating Miami, winning that season series helped, but um, I think this is a solid foundational series for them to kind of set the template on where they want to go moving forward. And when you hear these rumors about, you know, Hawks giving the green light to trade Trey Young. Damian Willis like I'm tired of being the rebuilding stages you want to use This playoff situation to Kind of be able to entice these trade bait prospects to potentially come to Brooklyn And aid your pursuit for a championship Out east but I got Philly in six next Up Cleveland versus New York I was really thinking About this bro and I'm not gonna lie at first When we talked about this potential series a couple Episodes ago I was like man Cleveland Got this but then Started doing some research And I think it could be intriguing, man, because you're going to have one of the best starting units in basketball in Cleveland against a squad that's very underrated when it comes to their second unit. Now, the Cavs Climb, top 10 offensive rating, number one defensive rating in basketball. Safe to say, I don't see how the Knicks can guard Donovan Mitchell or Darius Garland. They're quick, Mm -hmm. they can score at all three levels, they can get to the basket, they can be able to create for others. They're both shooting at least 46% from the field. They each are at least averaging over 21 points a game. Then Garland can give you those assists, almost eight a game as well, which allows them to be able to maximize Moby's talents and Allen's talents too. But as great as Cleveland's offense is in the backcourt, those dudes can't defend. So Brunson (laughs) can get 30, Barrett can get 25, Mitchell and Garland are both under 6'3". So they're miniature guards that give you everything on offense but give you a lot left to desire on defense. And the Knicks did win the season series, Clem, three games to two. And in a last game, Brunson went for 48 on 18-32 shooting. Um, Talked about the Knicks bench. They got quickly who could potentially win six men of the year. They got Josh Hart, his ability to come in and hustle. I think this series can go seven. Now, I still have Cleveland, but I think this series has a chance to go seven. Would you be shocked if that's how it goes in this series as well, Clem? going to distance no
1: i'm not gonna lie to you when you said you were doing some research and you you're about to shift i thought you were gonna go the way i was going which was oh you're gonna do the next i think this might be a sweep bro what I think this oh, wow. a, yes yes <laughs> i think this might be a sweep bro the only reason why i'm doubting that it might not be is because okay. i think that Mitchell may come out and try to do a little bit too much and not trust his guys like down the stretcher in key moments because he's trying to like stick it to the Knicks. And he's, you know, uh, he's from Westchester County uh, out here in New York. So I, I just, man, with Julius Randle, especially being down, I think that's going to, even though he he takes a lot of shots, but he is a big part of their offense. And personally, we'll talk about um, all NBA teams down down the way but I think he's an all NBA caliber player this year and honestly they're only Jalen Brunson's close but I don't think he's gonna make the team this year um and Brunson has been having some injuries down the stretch of the season I look at uh I look at that and he's gonna have to carry even more weight um I believe it's his ankle that he's he's had a a problem with um and then quickly quickly has been able to thrive because he's coming off the bench and like You know, I've talked about it with the Grizzlies, like every time your star player goes down, everybody else has to carry more weight and quickly has been able to shine coming in off the bench. But I feel like when he's having to play this role every single night in the playoffs, it's going to be a little bit different of a scene when you have the what number two defense, I believe, or number three, I think um, with Mobley who can switch and guard everyone. Um, obviously Garland and um, and Mitchell aren't the best defenders, but I think the intensity level, they're going to come out and really be like trying to play very hard defense. Okoro is a really good defender. Um, and then LaVert has some length, but, you know, he's more of an offensive guy. But honestly, I just think with Randle being out, it's just going to be too much for them to find reliable scoring for four plus games in this series. And I think the first two games, Cleveland hasn't hosted a, a first round series in well since LeBron left since LeBron yeah <laughs> <So> <laughs> the crowd is going to be jumping all right and then Mobley he's been playing well down the uh, stretch and I just think their 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 combination of defense um and then offense and then the lack of offense they have on the Knicks side it's just going to get it's going to wear them down too much and the playoffs is a different beast as we always say yes. um so most of those guys on that end, Mitchell Robinson, I don't think he's had too much of his playoff experience. I think outside of Brunson, maybe Josh Hart, I don't think many of their guys have had like played significant minutes in playoff games. Quentin Grimes hasn't. Um, and then the Tibbs factor too, you know, Tibbs is known for yeah. grinding his guys throughout the regular season. And by the time the first round of the playoff comes, they usually burn out. Um, I don't think that was exactly related to Randall, but I was looking at the all NBA teams today and I'm looking at all the guys him as a bonus on my list played more more games than anybody and I think Randall's yeah. like one of the leaders in minutes so mm-hmm. not saying that contributed to him getting hurt but not saying it didn't contribute right. getting hurt
0: either.
1: <laughs> uh, and like I said Brunson's been having the ankle injuries going down the stretch too so um I don't wish injuries on anybody but I would not be surprised if a lot of their guys don't make it through this series because they are worn down from just having to carry such a heavy load against such a great defensive team and then having to guard Mitchell and Garland in those pick and rolls uh, on defense. Sweet, man. Yeah. Maybe Jenna, maybe they get one game, but I... they they get one game. Don't ah, be sad out you. here.
0: I know, man. I feel you. I feel you. Now, I'm banking on Julius to be back game one because when he got hurt, he got hurt early in the month of April. And the way that they gave the timeline, it was like two to three weeks. And when I did the guesstimation, I was like, oh, so he should be back for game one.
1: You know, you know doing? he'll be re-evaluating. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: always, But I, I think he's a competitor. He's trying to, I, you know, for a fact, he's going to really want to attest for those sins in the Atlanta series a couple years ago. He's going to try to give mm-hmm. it a go. Um, Brunson did get nicked up. But I do think toward the to end of the year, Tibbs did something he normally doesn't do. I think he rested Brunson because I think he understood, look, bro, I, I need you in the playoffs. Um, didn't do that for the likes of D. Rose and those guys back in the day in Chicago. So he, you know, tapped out of his old playbook and is like, look, I'm gonna look out for you. Um, I think the aspect of the Knicks that might be the key for them to extend this, their bench is just better than Cleveland's. That's Cleveland's really Achilles heel. They don't really have a second unit. Their second unit is Rubio occasionally and Lavert when he feels like it. That's about it. And Their starting five is amazing. Um, their defensive identity starts and ends with their big guys. We talked about what Garland and Mitchell can do. But for the Knicks, man, you know, Quigley, six-man-of-the-year candidate, he could come in and fill it up. Josh Hart might not do the scoring aspect, but he could do the little things. Rebounds, steals, yeah. assists, hustle guy. Heavy on the rebound. Um, Right. Obi Toppin can give you energy off the bench. Deuce McBride, who I love coming out of West Virginia, he's starting to get playing time, and he's a tough-nosed guard that can defend and hit a three or two. So I think their bench is going to keep them in this series, maybe even win a couple of games. But I expect over time against Cleveland, you know, and I'm going to agree with you, Clem, stars matter in playoff series. Yes. Yes, they and do. they've got three of them. <laughs> so <laughs> eventually – Mobley's going to exhort his will. Mitchell's going to have one of them 40 burgers. And Garland can have a 25-15 game. And you like, dang. Like, Knicks, nice story, but you're not there. But I think it's going seven because of New York's depth. And how they play? They're going to come with that playoff tenacity and energy. But I think just not having the firepower that Cleveland has on their side of the court is going to be their Achilles heel. So I got Cleveland in seven. I think it's going a distance. I didn't think that before... But then I looked at, dang, like New York won the season series. I know season series don't really matter. When we talk about postseason, postseason is another dimension. But in those season series, their bench played a huge role. Obviously, when Brunson and Randall were there, they give you their traditional averages. But then a Quigley could give you a 15. Um, Grimes could give you 17. Uh, Tobin can come in and give you 10 to 12. So the consular pieces are going to keep New York in it. But eventually, Cleveland stars. Are gonna send them to the second round. Moving on to the play in Miami versus Atlanta. I'm gonna give you my quick assessment. We want to hear yours. Heat, man. They've cranked it up in the month of April. They went four and one during this month. Impressive wins against Philly last Thursday. Smacked those dudes. You know, they got Jimmy Butler, you got Bam, you got Hero. This is ironically enough a rematch of last year's playoff series between these two franchises. Mm-hmm. I don't think this game is going to be particularly close. I think Miami sends a message to Atlanta and the Boston that we're not going to be an easy out in the first round. You expect the same?
1: I do. I do wholeheartedly. And um, a lot of it is, I know this is a whole new year, but a lot of the pieces are the same. I know Murray is a big addition, but also I don't see how he's going to make a difference in Jimmy's game or in Bam's game. Maybe he could affect Hero on the defensive end, but I just don't see him making a big enough impact to alter this series or not even series, this game. Um he's not big enough to stop Jimmy. And I believe that DeAndre Hunter, I've I had high expectations for him coming to the year of letdown. Um AJ Griffin has had a good year as a rookie, but he's not ready for that matchup. <laughs> um John Collins, he, I don't even know if he's his hand is still healthy. He's been wearing that tape for a while but he's not positioned to be stopping Jimmy so and Jimmy's that he's one of those guys like when he puts his head down say I'm going to score 40 tonight he's going to score 40 and I think he knows the opportunity that they have right now he's not going to drop the ball and let them get to another playing game so I think they'll come up smack them boys up and uh, they'll be going to to uh, Boston and get ready for that that series, that's going to be a, a doozy. Oh, I can't wait for that one.
0: It will be a doozy indeed. Uh, Miami's been in playing mode the past five games. Um, Atlanta, they're in a tough spot because now I'm hearing rumblings that they're ready to move on potentially from Trey Young. DeAndre Hunter's got some slander. There's been talks about, you know, DeJounte Murray. Yeah, they traded for him, but he's technically got one more year before they decide Atlanta's at the precipice of eventually blowing it up. So they need to at least make some substantial noise in the playoffs. And substantial noise would mean get out of the play-in and at least be competitive in the first round because I don't expect them to win this series. But it's not happening against Miami. They're going to have to go back to Atlanta and try again because the Heat are moving on. Toronto and Chicago, this is kind of a coin flip. But Clem, I'm going to lean with Chicago, bro. They're a top-five defensive team. They shoot 36% from deep. Two quality three-level scores in DeRozan and Levine. They've won 14-9 since the deadline. And to me, they shoot the ball better than Toronto, and they defend better than Toronto. And in sudden elimination games like the playing, which is very akin to March Madness, stars matter. Can you get a bucket when it's time to get a bucket? Chicago has two of those dudes. I've got the Bulls moving on. I even got the Bulls, to be honest, bro. I think they're going to be the 8 seed, and they're going to play Milwaukee. What's your feeling on that?
1: You're speaking my language, brother. You're speaking my language. See, th- th- this this makes me feel so good because I remember a time last year we were talking, and I was telling you, I was like, "Bro, Boston's gonna make it. They have the stars. They're not gonna be down that. Atlanta's gonna make it. They 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 just have the better team. They you have did. the better guys." And when it comes down to big games like this, it it comes down to the star power, bro. And I, I am 100% aligned with you. I think that, for one thing, if Chicago wasn't playing defense at the level they were, I might have side with Atlanta just because, like, that. I feel like they could go head for head on any given night um, offensively. But because they're playing, they've been playing defense at a top five level, and I think they were number one for, like, a couple weeks, too. Okay. Um, I think that's what puts him over the edge because I'm sure Trey's going to come on and he's going to try to go for 40. It's going to be, you know, one of those games are going to be in Atlanta. He's going to try to go for 40. DeMar's going to try to go for 40. Uh, Levine's going to try to go for 40 and DeJounte probably going to try to go for 25 and get 10 assists and, and play lockup defense. But I think it's going to come down to that defensive end. And although, um, Demar and Levine aren't known, and Vucevic even aren't known for their defense. Um, I think when it matters most, they're both athletic enough. Vuce isn't athletic, but he's seven foot, so like
0: he's mobile. He's mobile. Yeah, he's
1: he's he's good enough. And when you're surrounded by four other people who are athletic, can get up and down and play defense, and Pat Beth, Patrick Williams, um, and then even Caruso in some liners, they throw him in there um, along with Zach Levine and Demar Derozan. I think that they're capable enough to get the stops when needed to beat Atlanta. So um, I can see them not only beating the Raptors, uh, but also beating the Hawks and getting that AC.
0: Yeah. Toronto third worst three point shooting team in all the basketball. And they give up 12 threes a game. Well, might help Toronto a little bit in the playing. They're at the crib, you know, they get rockets in Toronto, but I don't see them beating the bulls. And they're also just like Atlanta if this pans out how we think it is, they're going to blow it up. Nick Nurse won't be there anymore. There's been talks that they may move on yeah. from Siakam and Van Vliet, and they should, because there'll be a lottery team once they lose in the play-in. Scotty Barnes has shown the first two years in the league, he's something to build around. And it's just time to pivot, bro. Like That nucleus from the 2019 NBA Finals, once Kawhi left, their ceiling was the conference semis. That's it. And it's just time to turn the page and move on. So That is it for the East, so we're expecting Milwaukee to play Chicago and Boston to play Miami. In the Western Conference, Clem, Sacramento versus Golden State. It's an (laughs) interdivisional rivalry between the defending champs and the upstart Kings, and Sacramento, bro. They possess the greatest offense statistically in NBA history and the best road record in the West, second-best record on the road in the NBA their second in field goal percentage, top five and threes made, top 10 in three-point percentage, and they have six players who average double figures, led by two potential All-NBA candidates in De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. With all of this in mind, do you have the Kings taking out the champs and winning this first-round series?
1: Uh, You know, we've been agreeing on so much uh, up until this point, Um, and I already know your stance. And I think you know mine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Zach is not making it to the next round, brother. I am sorry. The road ends here. <laughs> Ain't going to be no more beam lighting. They're going to win some. Day. I think I think it's going to go six. Yeah. But I think they're going to come out the first game. I think they're going to win. Right. I think the second game, Golden State's going to take it. And then I think Golden State's going to take both at home. And then SAC's going to take the uh, game five at home. And then Golden State's going to close it out in game six. That's how I think this series is going to go. For number one reason, obviously, I think that Stephen Curry, albeit he – I don't have him on my all-NBA team, but I do have Fox and Sabonis. Um, I think he is the better player. He didn't make the team because of um, the amount of games he missed. Um, But I think he is the best player in this series. And Andrew Wiggins is coming back, helping to take the defensive load off of everyone in that starting lineup. Um, He's not, obviously, he's not the number one guy. He's more of a, I guess he's the number two on this team. Um, I, I think Clay obviously, is a better offensive player. Draymond's a better defensive player. But he just helps. Like, he takes 5% away from every single person in that starting lineup. It just makes it a little bit easier for them. And it, they don't really have any athletic guard who can, like, stay in front of De'Aaron Fox. Even though Gary Payton is, like, really good defender, I think Fox's quickness and just size, I think he's uh, a bit bigger. I think he has, like, an inch over him. But both athletic guys, I think you need to put somebody, like, that's longer and bigger than Fox on him to try to contain him. Um, With his pull up jumper, like right outside the paint. Um, And then Sabonis, man, Sabonis gets in foul trouble so much. Like, I don't trust him down the stretch to stay on the court and then to keep his composure, too. I think Draymond is going to get the best of him um, in this series. So I think those are the main reasons why I have them coming out. Uh, But I I think it's going to be a very good series because Mike Brown has done a great job instilling confidence in these guys and I think they're going to come out with that swaggering attitude like I don't care who you are, I don't care you the champs. We coming in to fight, you know, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be probably like my second favorite series to watch um this entire playoffs.
0: Yeah man I, look it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be up and down. It's gonna be a track meet. It's gonna get spicy. But look I I, I got the Kings and six. Ooh. But I got I gotta state the obvious Sacramento defense is not good. It's twenty fifth best <laughs> rating in basketball. It's not good. They allow four, the fourth most fouls in the league mm-hmm. at twenty per game. Now the Warriors, they don't get the greatest whistle, and a lot of that is because they settle for jump shots. But the Warriors, their first and three point makes, first and three point attempts, second and three point percentage at SAC, they'll give you some wide open mm-hmm. looks. I remember I watched them play the Knicks on Thursday night. I think it was in March. New York had like eight to nine wide open threes. That they did just bricked. And if they made like half of them, they win that game. But the reason why I got the Kings and Six is Sabonis. And when I've seen Sabonis play this team throughout the year, they don't have an answer for him. He's either shooting 60% from the field. He's either getting a ton of boards. He's either doing both and he's impacting the game on the assist side. Six assists here and there, got to get you eight. They don't have an answer for him. As a matter of fact, the Warriors haven't had an answer for any type of team with a quality big. You get a quality big, surround that quality big with shooters, and you have a guard in Fox that can play off of him as well. You're asking a lot, and I think it's going to open up that. half court offense immensely. They're going to be able to flourish. He's going to be the difference maker. I know everybody that I've seen talk about this series. It's who's going to guard Fox, who's going to guard Curry. The difference maker is going to be Sabonis because they run the offense through him. And the only guy that I saw like really give Sabonis problems was Rudy Gobert, and we're gonna talk about him later. When they played Minnesota, Gobert's size, length, and physicality gave Sabonis problems, and it neutralized their offense in certain increments of the game, and that helped them win. Kevon Looney, I love him on a glass. He's become an underrated jewel for them. He can't hang. Draymond is he's a little long in the tooth. He can't hang anymore, and so. I think he's going to be the different bonus. That's why I got the Kings in six. And look, man, we got to address this. Best road team in the West. Worst road team in the West. Regular season. Season. I know. But Sacramento could go in the Golden State and get a game. You just got to get one. You just got to get one. You got to protect home court on your end because you have it. You just got to get one. And I think they could go in there and get one. Both of these locales are close to each other. So SAC fans will be there equally just as Golden State fans. Um, But, yeah, that's why I got the Kings and six, bro, because of Sabonis. Like, they don't have an answer for him. And I feel like Sabonis is Jokic-esque. And we're going to talk about Denver as this playoff goes on. If you don't have an answer for that big that the offense runs through, you're already behind the eight ball. And I've been saying all year about this Golden State team. They're not that good. Now, I've heard a lot of people say they're the worst defending champs of all time. That is not true, because I remember the Miami Heat in 2007. (laughs) They sucked. But (laughs) this wasn't a good matchup for them. I know the Warriors went out of their way to dodge Phoenix. It successfully worked. Kings aren't easy either. And when they played early in the season, Sacramento was right there. But that was right before the Kings turned the corner. They've turned it now. They've got confidence. These are rivals. And Kings got it in six, bro. But it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a track meet. Game one, primetime, ABC Saturday. Man, when the last time we seen the Kings on ABC, bro? 07? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. hell, bro. Oh, 02. Oh, 02. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be lit. Now, Phoenix Suns, LA Clippers, four five matchup. Now to talk about the elephant in the room. Durant's been in the lineup for the Suns, they haven't lost. Chris Paul recently starting to find his groove. Last three games, Clem, he's shooting around 55% from the field. He hit seven threes. And they're against Denver. Yeah, it was against Denver Scrubs. But seven threes, though, by Chris Paul, I got to give it up to him. Clips probably won't have PG for at least the first two games. But when Kawhi Leonard has played, bro, he's been all NBA. 23 points per game on 51% shooting from the field 41% 41% shooting from three, 87% at the line. We all know Kawhi is a playoff performer. If he's healthy, he's gonna mm-hmm. give it his all. And I and that's why I feel, bro, he's gonna get them at least two. What do the Clippers need to get the other two to mm-hmm. potentially upset the Suns and win this series?
1: Oh man, they need Paul George. that's <laughs> And that's the problem here. That's the problem here. I think that full strength, this team probably could only get three. Because I think Paul Jones would get you one game. I think honestly, I think Kawhi can get you three. Like I think mm, he's that good. That good, I do too. Um, when he's healthy,
0: yeah, he can, yeah. Just, he
1: hasn't he hasn't had like a full healthy season. Like he had a stretch it was like, oh yeah, this is the Kawhi we know. But then right. like. The last five games or so it was like okay. Well, he didn't come back halfway through that Memphis game, and then didn't, didn't yeah. tell nobody. It's like all right, bro. This is this is like early season Kawhi. You, we don't you don't usually do this, you know, <laughs> during the end of the season. Um. So definitely, um, just anxious to see what kind of Kawhi we have because, like I said, if he's if he's playing at his peak, like. Obviously, Durant is the better player historically, but I think mm-hmm. right now where they're at an age, I think both of them playing at their peak right now they're at an age, I would take Kawhi. But it's just like you just don't always know with Kawhi. That's the thing. I know what I'm going to give with Durant. So that's <laughs> what I think. <laughs> that's what I think they're going to win. You know what I'm saying? Um, But it's going to be interesting. I think the Suns would kind of have to sabotage themselves, which – this is the reason why I don't have them going to the finals this year is because they just haven't had enough games to get that camaraderie together. And I know they're undefeated since KD has been back, but they haven't really played the best talent either. Yeah. Like, so I think they've yet to be tested. And once they do get tested this by this team, um, I think Kawhi can get the best of them at least three games. But I just don't see them going into Phoenix – Game Seven, no Paul George, and especially with the way the, with the way the season ended last year, I just can't see them repeating that, especially with Katie in the corner now. It's not going to happen. it's not going to happen so I, I I got the the sons in seven,
0: yeah, I got sons in six. um I will say this, you do know what you're getting from Kawhi when he's healthy. You're getting all world first ballot Hall of Fame production. <laughs> I like you're getting that from him. But for the Clips to upstage the Suns, bro, that'll be their bench, which, didn't know this, third best scoring bench in the league, bro, 41.9 points per game. And their three-point shooting is also going to be key. They're third in the NBA in three-point percentage. They're 38.1%. You got Powell, you got Batum, you got Covington. Man, Leonard, they could all hit open trays. They're going to need to do that. I think the issue, though, is they have no answer for Devin Booker because we know Kawhi is going to be on the Rams. Mm-hmm. And any type of sustainable point guard play, I can't trust them to have to offset whatever Chris Paul's going to do. Because Chris Paul, as a fourth option, for the most part, in the playoffs on this team, he's going to give you six to seven assists, a couple steals, his plus minus will be on the plus side. I can't guarantee that with Westbrook and Bones Highland. Like I can't. Like I just can't. You know, and I and I rock with Bones. You know, he's you know, had a little scuffle with Plumley in a year. Um, uh, and you know, I told a lot of people on Twitter that the Rust thing will work because it's more conducive to his strengths. But at the same time, he's still Russell Westbrook. So you get the good and the bad. I think that's that's really the issue. This is they need Paul George, bro. And I have not been a huge Paul George fan all year. I didn't think he deserved to be an all-star. But Paul George is kind of made for this series. Because can he guard Devin Booker? No. But he can at least be an obstacle. And then on the other end, he can get you 20 to 25. He can heat up. That's another shooter. So, look, we know Todd is going to bring out all the adjustments. We know Kawhi Leonard is going to bring out his Duffy and then some. And we know Westbrook is going to come with the energy. But the Suns, but this is why Clippers, Lakers, Warriors, this is why they was dodging these dudes, bro. They know deep down. They don't have the five to compete with them. And in the playoffs, your starting five matters. Because unfortunately, not a lot of teams historically go 8, 9, 10 in playoff games. They don't. The rotation is usually seven, minimum eight max. And, yeah. you know, the Clippers, I'm just intrigued to see what's going to happen. I think their best chance is they got to shoot the lights out consistently. Westbrook has to have more assistant turnovers, not be a net negative on the court. And they're like, they have a better bench than Phoenix. So their bench guys are going to have to come in and give them good minutes. That means batum has got to give you 10 points. Eric Gore got to hit you a couple threes. They need all of it. And I just don't know with the Clippers, bro. So I'm going to go Suns and six. Uh, but hey, if the Clippers win. That's tough. <laughs> that's tough. go es- It's tough both I-
1: ways, bro because it's tough both about this, ways. Is, this is year. this is what I love about like at least right now because there's so many teams like any loss can be so devastating. I mean, you think yeah. about just this series with Paul George obviously being out, but that's been the story of their team since they yeah. got together mm-hmm. like when they went to the Westlake West conference uh Finals to play finals the Suns. Play yeah. the Suns. Kawhi, Kawhi was out. And so was you PG.
0: Right. Right. Yeah.
1: And it's it's like if Phoenix loses, it's like, dang, like they made this big trade. They were so good with KD. And now they can't win or can't even get out the first round. And that's gonna be the second time in a, uh, two years that KD wasn't able that to. That KD out the can't first get out
0: round. the first round. And then you yeah. look
1: at Booking and C P and and, and, and uh, Monty and and uh, Aiton. They've been digressing the last two years. Yeah. You know, but if you look at the Clippers in, it's like if they lose, they've been together going on this is gonna be next year will be their fifth year together. You know, contract yeah. extensions are, you know, coming up. Like, are they gonna stay together? They've been relative relatively a failure when you're looking at championship, That's um, true. a team that had championship expectations, although they did surpass, you know, getting to the Western Conference Finals first time ever. But it's still just like big levels of disappointment, regardless who wins or who loses. So hopefully it's going to be good. It's going to be good.
0: Yeah, we should call this the you can't win series. Like there is no (laughs) no, there is no upside if one of these squads loses because they're both old. These are old teams. And so they got to get it now. And I'm intrigued to see who can get it now in that series. Play in wise, seven seed Lakers, eight seeded Wolves. Minnesota, bro, they're gonna be without Jaden McDaniels. Gonna be out with Rudy Gobert. Two huge defensive losses. No Nas Reed, but Nas Reed's been out past week, broke his wrist. But they do have Ant-Man. They do have Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. Who is currently questionable, but I think he's gonna play. Both what? With, really he's questionable with his, with a calf, which is which is expected, bro. He just came back from the calf. I think he's gonna go, but he's questionable. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but hey man, Ant and Cat they did their thing against the Pills, bro. They willed their yeah. way to the eight seed. Cause it, it, it looked I could understand if they would have folded. But throughout that game, I was like, bro, they could still win this game and they won it. Um, so with those two guys, you gotta give them a chance against a Lakers squad that, yeah, they 16 and 7 since the deadline. But LA recently, ever since the Clipper game, it ain't been looking too good. I'm just gonna just be honest. Mm-hmm. Now. Here's something that nobody really talks about. The Wolves play at their best when Carl Anthony Towns and or Rudy Gobert are on the floor together. When it's just one of them, they're just the better team on both ends of the floor. Less of a clawed lane. That allows Edwards to drive to the basket, which he loves to do, get downhill. Um, But their lack of front court depth is going to hurt him. It might hurt him in this game. Um, But I'm going to roll with the upset, bro. I think the Wolves can beat the Lakers, bro. I think they can do it. Um, and I think the key is going to be they're just going to have to make the Lakers run with them. Like, dare the Lakers, all right, y'all going to have to outscore us. And they're seventh Mm -hmm. in pace, Minnesota, and they're third in field goal percentage. So they could score, they could run, they could do it efficiently. It's going to be tough, though. But I think that's how they're going to have to do it, and I think they can. Are you buying into the hype or not?
1: Nah, man. Um, I think think, think it'll be competitive because... I think the Lakers are going to come out like, oh, yeah, you know, we got this. The, the turning point for me, it wasn't even Rudy being suspended, it's Jaden McDaniels. Because yeah. when they played them, they played them like a couple weeks ago. And I watched that game from beginning to end. And it was like in the third quarter when things really shifted. And McDaniels starting the game, the reason why they were in the game so strong was because he was doing a great job guarding LeBron and not fouling. Um, but Cat can't match up with with A D. If you go back and look at their matchup, I think going back to the last seven times they played, AD's putting up crazy Wilt Chamberlain numbers on him. And he, he and then on top of that, he's in that Jaron Jackson Sabonis category where they just they're just not disciplined. They're it's not. like they just they can't help but foul. And with no Nas Reed, no Gobert, you're going to be asking Nathan Knight and um, um, I forgot uh, old boy's name, but um, they to brought, be playing uh, big. They,
0: they brought Garza back, so he might get Garza, yes, Lou Garza. Yeah.
1: Like, you're asking him to come in and guard AD? Like, I think their only chance is if AD goes down, like, with an injury or something. Like, that's the only chance because they don't have anybody to guard LeBron. Okay, you, maybe you put Ant on him, but as much as I like, I love Ant. Like I, I feel like he's better on the ball, like when the game's on the line because he cares more. Yeah, but I feel like he struggles offensively when you're asking him to guard the team's best player, like he throughout does. a 48 minute game. That's yeah, fair. Like yeah. when he can, he can lock in in that fourth quarter or third quarter and be like, all right, like I'm about to close down and play both ends. But like if you play him off the ball too long, like he's not the best at like. Navigating yeah. on defense off the ball. He like gets lactadaisical, he loses his man. Um, and then when he's asked to do that for the whole game, guard the best player, I see it affect his shooting percentage. Like, hey, you know me, I'm a Kobe guy, so I'm all about getting it done. So I love the game yesterday. He was missing all the shots, mm-hmm. terrible field goal percentage, but he kept going and he kept, kept going, going kept playing going. defense, getting blocked, yeah. doing everything he gotta do, and in the end. He won the game for his team, and that's what it's all about. Um, So I don't think they'll be able to do it just because they're not going to have enough pieces to guard LeBron and AD and still generate enough offense. But I think um, – they got some questions going into the offseason. It'll be interesting there. And I think – may the the spirit of Patrick Beverly be with them. And if they do win, I hope they hop up on the L.A. (laughs) L.A. (laughs) L.A. scores table. And Patrick Beverly is on Instagram live going crazy to some crazy stuff.
0: <laughs> and to be honest, bro, if they actually do that, I don't think they will. But it deserved after everything that, that they've been going yeah, through. Recently, for sure. man, after everything. Um, look, AE against the Pels, that's a superstar caliber game where it's not going for you, but you're still finding different ways to affect the game. And eventually it's going to fall your way because your imprint is still there. still there. It's still there. It's still there. You're pushing the envelope. You keep trying, but you're right. Like when he cranks up that defensive intensity, it substantially lowers his offensive product productivity. It just does. And I think a lot of it has to do with his conditioning. That's something yeah. he's just going to have to work All on. Hot in Cheetos man. and
1: hot fries. And...
0: Yeah. Hot Cheeto man got to chill, bro. So you got oh, to, you got wow. to, he got to change that in off season. I think he will. Cause I think now he's starting to understand, uh, mm-hmm. Yo, I'm I'm the best player on this team now. And I need to be there every day and night, just not mentally, but physically. Because I think the mentality is there. The physicality aspect got to catch up with them. Look, everything you said is facts. I just think what's helping the Wolves is this. Lakers really don't have a backup bid either. So it's just gonna have to come down to an AD, not as bad as Towns, because Towns has some Rasheed Wallace in him. But mm. he, at times, <laughs> can tap in and out, too, where – and he's having – me and my dad talks about this a lot. He's having to work so hard, Anthony Davis, to get points because Schroeder and Russell aren't natural PGs. They're not going to get him easy deuces in the mm. Florida offense. He's having to go get it. So I think if Towns is aggressive and if he's at least productive on the offensive end, which makes shooting the basketball, which takes AD away from the paint, yeah, that opens up more driving lanes for Conley – Edwards, uh, look, even though Gobert's not there, they still kind of match up with the Lakers. It's just A's probably gonna have to guard LeBron and give him 25. Yeah, and I don't, and I'm begging on him to do it, but I wouldn't be surprised if he can't. And if he can't, then they're not gonna win this game. So it's, and,
1: and on the offensive end, he's gonna have to score those 25 on um, Jared Vanderbilt, who does a really great job. Guarding him, and then once he gets past Vanderbilt, he's gonna have to score over AD most of the time. So it will be crucial if if Cat can draw AD away from the basket. But I think I can see them going to like doing a matchup where they put LeBron on um, Cat because Cat's not a strong driver or perimeter scorer when it comes to like somebody like LeBron. I think LeBron can like plunk him into like staying away from the basket. And then they can use AD to roam and be around the basket to stop Ant from driving. But it's going to be good to see how Finch versus um, him. they they play them schemes against each other.
0: Yeah, rotations are going to be key. I think that's yeah. going to be just as equally important as the stars showing up as well. Hey, winner gets the Grizzlies. Uh, they're going home first round anyway if they play Memphis. So I, I mean it don't really matter. But intrigued to see where that can go. Uh, Pelicans versus the Thunder. Low key, bro. I think this is a coin flip, but I'm a rock with the Pels because Bi's been killing all year, yeah. especially lately. Trey Murphy's taking that next step in his sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I think he's got Mikael Bridges like potential, which could be very helpful for this franchise going forward, especially with the uncertainty of Zion's health. Um, I just the issue with the Thunder, and I saw it when they played against Elite. Not even say an Elite playoff level comp. They don't have a big. And Valanchunas is an all world, but he can easily come in in this game and give him 15 and 10. Ingram at the end of the day is 6'11. Trey Murphy, 6'10. So, uh, Pelicans, if they're not making their shots, they're going to get it off the glass. So, I see a lot of second chance opportunities. I see a lot of high quality looks. I got the pills beating the Thunder and moving on to the next stage of the play in. What do you have? Same here. Same here. We're back on the same page.
1: (laughs) Hells, (laughs) man. Uh yeah, man. I, I think SGA is gonna come out and probably get him a forty piece. I think it'll be a close game, but Ingram has been balling. He's been holding down with Zion out. Um well uh, I think what he had four, 40 yesterday or was it He did, I can't he had remember. 40. I think he had 40 yeah. And he had he had yeah. he's been flirting with some triple doubles like the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks. So he's showing my his fantasy full, team for sure. Yeah. <laughs> he's shown his full range um of offensive uh, abilities, and he's contesting and playing hard on the defensive end. Herb has been playing and shooting a little bit more confidently. And Trey Murphy, you hit the head on the nail. Oh my goodness, I love this kid, man. I love him too, bro. it it can shoot the ball can like shoot the ball. Man. When he gets to the rim, he's dunking now. He's finishing with finesse. Like it's just, uh, I just, man. I, I can't help but watch him and be like, bro. If Zion gets in here, bro. If Zion gets in, <laughs> it it can be something, man. It's the potential is there. I just really want them to put it all together. But yeah, I can I can definitely see them coming out. I think they just they just have too many pieces. Even though Jalen Williams has been playing really well, Josh Giddey has taking another step. Obviously, we talked about SGA, but their size, man. Like starting a six eight six eight center against you know. Valentine four, is four, four mm-hmm. of their five, got four to five pale starters are taller yeah. than this man. I told okay, them. yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's, it's gonna be rough, all right. And Poku ain't gonna do much down there with Valentine no. this Um, so I think uh, the Thunder has come a long way. I think they have started to create a winning culture, which I think is very important after tanking for so long. I think that's what happens with a lot of these teams, They they build a losing culture, and then when they get winning talent they wonder why they can't win um, so they're getting the losing out their system they're going to integrate Chet next year integrate a top 10 pick and I think they'll be suited to you know maybe you know be a 6 seed or something next year but I think they run their course and um, they're going to get out to the Pels and I got the Pels beating the Wolves as well and getting that AC
0: yeah man uh, just horrible matchup with the Thunder um, if I'm you know Pell's coach Willie Green. Bro, I'm playing all the tall dudes. <laughs> I like, yeah. you know got my starting five relatively tall. Jackson Hayes, you coming off the bench? You giving us minutes? Like the the, the size disparity is is it's unreal. And but yeah. for OKC, great story coming into the year. I was like, yo, if they apply themselves, they can at least win 30 games. They won 40, and I think they have a foundation. They have a culture going forward that they can build upon. Chet Holger is going to be back. Now, currently on their squad, bro, they just need more shooters and more bigs. They need depth. They need size because in the West, you're going to have to battle Jokic. You're going to have to battle Aiton. going to have to battle Sabonis. Jaron Jackson is starting to come along as well. Bro, the West has several guys in the front court that can give you double-doubles. And you're going to have to find somebody that can equalize that offensively or at least be able to offset that on the defensive end. Um, but for the Pels, they're going to win this game. They're going home, though. I, I think it gets the Lakers. <laughs> I, I, like, I, I just, their problem is. Wait, this. against the Lakers or the Wolves? I, well, I have the Wolves beating the Lakers.
1: So, oh, right. Okay, yeah, you're right. So you're I right. think the okay, Lakers okay, are going to okay. beat them.
0: But, but let's say the Lakers beat the Wolves. I think the Wolves, they'll have Go Bear back. Wolves are going to beat them. Um, I just think with the Pels, man, Ingram's been going crazy. Trey Murphy's taking that next step, and Herb Jones has been solid, but CJ McCollum's been disappointing. Valanciunas has kind of disappeared, and their bench is taken a hit because Jose Alvarado, he's been MIA, he's been out. And I think unlike last year, where when Z- last year was just Zion was hurt, bro, and everybody else was relatively healthy, so they were able to offset Zion's injury win both playing games, and take the Suns to six. Like, if Chris Paul doesn't, like, not miss a single shot, that series goes to seven. Um, This year, it's not just Zion that's out. Their backup point guard's out. McCollum's not really playing well. Valanchunas isn't really doing what he's doing in the past. And they don't even give Jackson Hayes good run anymore. Like, they're not what they used to be a year ago. So I don't think I see them as an eighth seed. I think the seventh eight seeds to me, is going to be either a combination of the Wolves and the Lakers. Like I think those are the last two teams. And I think to be honest, in a perfect world, I mean, in a perfect world, we didn't have to play in. That's the that's the seven and eight seeds. And that's what it should be because they've been playoff caliber at the very least since the all-star break. And um, I, I see those two teams representing the bottom half of the West. Um, award predictions up next. We're gonna go award by award breakdown. Who we got? Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of these are similar, but we're gonna start. Most valuable player, Clum. I got Joel Embiid. He played sixty-six games this year, which I think is enough. Led the league in scoring, shooting fifty-five percent from the field. I thought he closed the gap between him and Jokic the entire month of March, and he stamped it. Matchup against Boston, he dropped what fifty-five or something, forty something. It was twenty. He went twenty or twenty-five from the field. It was forty-plus points. He went yeah. off, and they won the game. I think that submitted his MVP label. Um, I know a lot of Giannis truthers, and I love Giannis. That's my guy. I've been high on Giannis before anybody else was high on Giannis. Trying to push him in, but I think Joel, He's he's been crying about this award for a while. <laughs> but I think his play, and he's played enough games too, he deserves it. Um, so I think he's going to get it. Uh, do you agree as well?
1: Yeah, I got him getting it. Um, his first first center to lead the league in scoring, or the first center to score thirty points a game since Wilt, believe, and lead the league in yeah. scoring. Um, and he was—I can't remember if he finished first or second last year, but he was up there last year. And we know this is a narrative work. Like it's—it's it's yeah, not a—it's yeah. re, not reflective of who's the best player. No, it's not reflective of who's even the second best player. <laughs> All right, um, it's it's basically a combination of who is the best player on one of the best teams, who's, um, doing something this is the most important, who's doing something, um, that has not been done recently. Um, and then also, which is even more important, and which is why it's such a narrative award. And I don't put as much emphasis on it as everyone else, but, um, I don't, don't either it yeah. it has a lot to do with who else has won it in the league. um it it's does. kind of like a little bit of a charity award. um, so congrats to mb because he has on his resume. he joins a list of some of the greatest of greats to to ever win, you know one mVP um and hopefully he comes back next year and gets the first seed and and does another. but i all I know is he's been he's been crying for this. if he go home in the second round. I ain't trying to hear nothing. You going to get cooked. I want winning no crying. Cuz especially especially if Jokic get to the conference finals again nah. or gets to the finals. Yeah. I ain't trying to hear no crying. But um yeah, I got I got uh NB winning it.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really awkward if Jokic gets to the finals and NB goes home in the second round cuz I think Embiid is going home in the second round, bro. Like I don't think yeah, Philly's beating Boston. It, it, beat
1: it happened it. to uh, it happened to NB uh, uh, Giannis and Jokic, uh, Jokic. Yeah. Um. Well, at least one out of the two times they both won it over the last four years, Jokic mm-hmm. went home in the second uh, round. Yeah. Second round. Um. And then Giannis was at home collecting the trophy after losing to the Heat in the uh, bubble.
0: Right. Um. Look, MVP stopped really meaning as much to me a while ago. Um, the MVP doesn't, like you said, decide who's the best player in the game, you make your legacy in the playoffs. So, you know, you don't need to win the MVP to at the end of the year, people look at you as oh, you that dude. Um, your playoff run separates you. Um, and for Embiid, phenomenal player. Uh, but his problem has been he just can't stay healthy when it matters in the postseason. And I don't know, like, we're gonna see, you know, last year he had a couple of freak injuries and they weren't able to get out of the second round this year. I don't even think it matters if he gets hurt or not. I just feel like Milwaukee and Boston are just that much better than Philly. So, and that's who he's going to have to see in the second round and the conference finals. And I'm not begging on him beating either. So yeah, he deserves it. Um, I don't understand why a lot of players in the league are complaining about Jokic potentially winning a third. Like, Oh, he needs to, have the bro like it's a regular season award so i'm not tripping i wouldn't trip if joel Giannis, or nicola won it this year it doesn't matter what matters is okay who's gonna show up in the playoffs and all of them whether you like it or not have championship caliber teams so it's time i to mean if up we keep keeping it a buck yeah joel and b
1: got the best important cast like i mean harden historically is better than anyone either one of them has played with um he, he hasn't having the best year but yeah tyrese maxi as the third third guy is better than anyone they've played with i mean you can argue drew holiday as the third guy on that championship team yes yeah. um
0: but i mean but yeah, Harden, who's your third guy <laughs> yeah uh, I mean... aaron
1: gordon <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> like, and, and this year Harden's better than Middleton, who's kind of washed. So, yeah, yeah I, it that's true. So it's put up or shut up time for all of these dudes. And I, I just have a feeling that Embiid's going to be the odd one out. Rookie of the year, I have Paulo Banchero. He's been consistent from start to finish. Average 20 points per game, seven rebounds and four assists as well. He's got to improve that three ball because it was not good. It was below 30%. But he's been the most consistent rookie all year. And when he got drafted, I was like, yeah, the way he played at Duke, he's like, he's exactly what Jabari Parker was supposed to be before the ACL injuries. And I think Ben Carroll, his future in the NBA, he's got a bright one. And I have him being a catalyst in the magic next year yes i have the orlando magic next year making the playoffs that's a playoff caliber team they didn't Damn. start super bad to yeah. in 2023 they probably are in the plan um is bankuro as well your rookie of the year
1: yep stepped into the league averaging 20 points a game is a grown a man um i don't think it's close i think Jalen yeah. williams put up a fight down the stretch but he did. It's been pretty much Paolo from day one to day whatever today is. Um, and he deserves it.
0: Yeah, he does. Um, phenomenal player. Light with the magic got got going for him, resurrected Markel Fultz's career. Man, love uh, that. I love, love I that, love love Bucks. that man. I
1: love Wagner.
0: Yeah. Uh, both of the
1: both both of the Wagner brothers I love him. Good play.
0: Um, Wendell Carter looks like a pro mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Uh, ben Carroll doing his thing and you know, Jalen Suggs is probably a reach, but he gives me Josh Hart vibes. Yeah, super athletic, constant hustle guy. Yeah. The Minneapolis
1: guy played in my conference. Um, but he's not looking like he's panning out to be uh the, the play that we thought he'd be. But I mean, he he said he wants to be the next true holiday. So I can okay. see from what from where he's been, um, I think that that goal is still possible.
0: It's possible. It's possible. That's not a bad ceiling to have. I, I just see Josh Hart. Just more athletic. I can see
1: that, too. Yeah.
0: And, and I, I don't think that's bad. I think he can be – No, it's not he, He's got to stay healthy, but I think he can be, in the next five to six years, a key cog in a championship contender. For and sure. that might be with the Magic. So, uh, hey, man, got to give up to the Magic, bro. When they pick number one, they don't miss. So, yeah. <laughs> Shaq, Dwight, Paolo, got to give it up to him. Most
1: just don't, just don't don't lose them to the Lakers. Uh, yeah, did. don't lose to the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> well, Penny, <laughs> didn't, Penny, Penny didn't go. Wait, no, no, no. Penny was the second pick. Penny was yeah because Chris Webber was the first pick.
0: He was first. They did the trade, but yeah. technically Chris yeah. Webber is still first. Yeah, yeah. most most improve. I got Laurie, bro. I, this is this is pretty easy, bro. He dominated at the international stage last off season, and then he came back into the league. Averaged 25 points a game on nearly 50% shooting from the field. Yeah, Shot 39% from deep. He established himself, Clem, as a franchise cornerstone for a rebuilding Jazz squad going forward. He went from 14.8 points per game to 25.6. That is an 11-point-per-game increase, and he had a career-high field goal percentage as well. I did not see this coming. And Laurie deserves all his flowers. I know a lot of guys are trying to be like, SGA – no, Lori, most improved player. Do you agree as well? I do not. Wow, I don't
1: agree. okay, I don't agree. And just like last year, I think that no,
0: no, don't yeah. you? Do.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, just like last year with job, ja. the reason why I chose job ja was because. He improved the most. And I, I honestly went back and forth between Laurie and SGA. Okay. Um, but ultimately I look at where SGA's status is in the league now and where it was last year. And same with Laurie. Laurie was thought of as like a starting, like a starting uh player. Now yeah, yeah. he's thought of as like a franchise guy. Yeah. Um last year, SGA was like yeah, kind of like, I think if you ask, some people would say he's franchise player. Some people would say maybe he's like the second best guy
0: on the team. It was but an all-star, now it's like For sure, all-star talent. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But I feel like the higher up you go, the more impressive it is to me to, to reach that upper echelon, to be like a first-team All-NBA candidate guy, to be in an MVP conversation. And I, I think we underestimate what it means to even reach that peak. Because we can look back at history and some of the best guys like we we watched growing up, the Vince Carters, the I mean, Allen Iverson got some first team all NBAs T that got some first team all NBAs. But it's not easy to get to that level. And especially like going from one year being like, oh, yeah, you know, this is a good guy to have on your team. Like he'll probably be like the second or maybe the best player on, on a, a, a playoff team to being like, oh, no, this guy's a bona fide like arguably one of the top five players in the league this year. I think that is a hard category to get to. And I don't think everyone can get to it. And when you improve that much, I think you have to be considered in this conversation and just looking at it statistically too, like his numbers, he was already averaging 24 points last year, but now he's averaging 31, 31 points this year. All right. And then, I mean, look at uh his assists didn't go up. He's taking more shots, obviously, because he has bigger mm-hmm. load on him. But, yeah. but, but his percentage, his <laughs> yeah, I hear mm-hmm. his field goal, his free throw percentage went up almost 10%, which okay. is crucial okay. because that's how he's getting most of his points. He's not it is he's not like taking a whole bunch more shots. His uh, effective field goal percentage went up. Um, his two-point percentage went up, his two point attempts went up, obviously, but his three point point percentage went up like in almost every aspect of his game went from 43% last year to 51% this year. You know what I'm saying? Like
0: he even played more
1: games this year, you know? So
0: you, well, I mean, tanking, so that helps, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still like, <laughs> like, yeah. like the,
1: he's, he's made the biggest jump. I think it's arguable. I think last year, what to me, it wasn't like, it wasn't that much of an argument this year. I won't be mad if Mark if Laurie uh, wins it because I think they both made big leaps, but I just think SGA jumped into a bigger, harder category to get into. So I, I'll give him the knock.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Let me let me let me criticize it a little bit here. John Morant <laughs> last year had no business when it most improved. Um, uh, but you know what? Whatever. I I kind of understood it. And here's why I kind of understood it. His leap was just bigger than everybody else's. I don't think right. that's true this year between Laurie and SGA, and here's why. Here's why. Now, we're going to get to our All-NBA teams. I do, spoiler alert, do have SGA first-team All-NBA. But I think the main reason why he's first-team is not really because his game took that step. Obviously, he took the stuff at the free throw line, but he's had the ball more in his hands. They didn't sit him out because they're trying to tank. They had an incentive to win games and try to get in the play-in and I can make a case, the team around him got better. Um, Giddy took another step. They added Jalen Williams, who made a late push for Rookie of the Year. His whole team unit improved around him, which allowed his success to translate into more wins, which is fine. Laurie went from friend starter to all-star. And his substantial leap is 11 points. It it reminds me of when uh, Brandon Ingram got most improved. When he was with the Lakers, he was cool. Then he went to the Pels, and it's like, oh, okay, you're an Mm all-star. Laurie's leap is just bigger than SGA's. I think SGA's play has now resorted into winning basketball because his team around him is a little bit better. Than the years past and they're not pulling him out of Games to try to yeah. get lottery Picks so I think that's the difference That's why I got Laurie he should win it But I, they tried to do the job Thing with SGA this year and it's like Laurie's leap is just it's just better
1: matter i'm i'm not mad at it and and look i'm looking at the i'm looking at the the, the stats now yeah 11 points is a lot of yeah points. it's a lot yeah it's a lot of <laughs> points. A lot, bro. but let me just say you brought up Brandon Ingram, and this was part of the reason why i went with sga because we've seen instances julius randall's another one where it's like yeah a guy takes a leap into being a all-star and then the next year he regresses or like he does it. Like I don't think Brandon Ingram has made an all-star team since that year. Um, so a, I think it, it's I think. it's easier to fall, it's easier to fall from like all-star status back to like, okay, For sure, you're not as good anymore. I think once you reach the level that SGA and Jai has reached, like, even if you have a down year, you're gonna be an all-star. You know what I mean? Correct. Like, but this is just a it's a it's just a different level like that superstar level just it's hard to get into it's it hard is. to get into and it's even harder to stay in so if you can even crack it that's like to me that's that's the most you can anyone can improve in in the course of a year but like I said I won't be mad because I Lori has like improved so much as well so either one I'll be happy with I just choose SDA because the, he reached a higher ceiling.
0: For sure indeed. Um, coach of the year, then it's pretty easy. Bro, I got Mike Brown, bro, led the Kings to their first playoff berth since 07, helped Spearhead the best offense of rating of all time. He's he's coached two potential all NBA talents. He's morphed lottery pick Keegan Murray into a first team all rookie, potentially. He broke the three point rookie record at 206. I just think Mike Brown deserves it by far. And when they hired him, I was like, yeah, Mike Brown can coach. Um, yeah. So he's gonna, they're going to be a lot better. I didn't expect them to be a top three seed in the West. And he made it happen. He deserves all his flowers. I think this is an easy choice. And you said you yep.
1: agree. I agree. I agree. Shout out to the uh, West African, Mike Brown. Uh, he's Nigerian. Um, I, the thing I like about him most is he came in and he empowered them to play defense. Like, he started to play the guys who only play defense. Um, even if you weren't the best, he wanted you to, like, put in effort. Like, I remember Terrence Davis was getting a lot of uh, minutes for them, and he cut him off the rotation so quick. Um, mm. Obviously, Kevin Herter and Malik Monk aren't great defenders, um, but they are giving more of an effort, and that's what defense is really about. Like, a lot of these guys in the are athletic like a lot of them are capable of playing defense, but they choose not to because a lot of them keep their energy for the offensive end. So him yeah. being able to do what a, a definition of a coach is to, you know, empower the people, you know, you're coaching. So I think he did that. Um, even with the trade, getting rid of, uh, Halliburton, I know that wasn't his doing, but I was, I I liked the whole Fox and the Ox combination. I was, um, I wasn't someone who was down on it. I thought it would work. Um, And he put the ball in De'Aaron's hands and empowered him, too, to be a better fourth quarter scorer and give him the confidence he needed. And even um, through – it's like throughout the first three quarters, it's like Sabonis has been the guy who's like kind of controlling the offense. And then when it gets to the fourth quarter, he puts the ball in De'Aaron's hand and he brings it home. So – it's not. I, it's a bit big stretch. Obviously, it's not like Kobe and Shaq, but like it's like a a very smaller version of them. Like <laughs> Shaq can come yeah. out, dominate throughout the first three quarters, and then like when the game's on the line, like you give it to the guard, he takes you home. Um, cool. but yeah, kudos to Mike Brown. He deserves it. He broke the the King's curse, and um, he should be holding up that trophy at the end of the year.
0: He did. He did indeed. Um. You, you, you did the Kobe Shack. I think that's a little extreme. But I as I say super poor man. Right. Super but poor man. <laughs> it's more of a poor man's Jokic, rich man, Jamal Murray. I mean, that's that's what you get with De'Aaron Fox and, and Sabonis. Um okay. look, phenomenal team, phenomenal run. I think this is why I have them winning at least a playoff series. It's gonna be tough. But um he deserves it, man, because I think a lot of guys slept on. Mike Brown's tenure, you know, he coached LeBron early on in his career, but LeBron's great. And so a lot of people aren't going to really care about you spearheading the number one defense during those runs. Um, So there's that. And then he coached Kobe near the back half of his career. They actually won a playoff series. But again, I mean, it's Kobe. So it's like he's going to really get his respect with the Kings because they were in the middle of nowhere. And he came in and was like, yo, we're going to do this. And I remember early in the year, bro, they were zero and five, and a lot of people was like, "Oh no, here we go again." And yeah. they turned the corner, and I think the turning point for them was they played Golden State like eighth, ninth game of the year, and they beat them, and that was a back and forth game, and Sabonis so and Fox delivered, and they haven't really looked back since. And that's kudos to Mike, bro. He he got it done. Defensive Player of the Year. Now I've seen some votes get leaked out on Twitter, and. Evan Mobley is in the lead. Look, I love yeah. Evan Mobley. He should not be in the lead. Uh, <laughs> for me, it's Jaron Jackson, bro. He leads the league in blocks per game. He's giving you a steal per game as well. I told you, Clem, a couple years ago, I was like, he has defensive player of your potential. And I think he's going to fulfill that. He was an all star this past year. He's got a chance to win defensive player of the year. If he gets robbed from that, that's criminal. But he's at least a lock for first team all defense. Um, he has one of the best bargaining contracts in the NBA. Memphis locked him up last year, and according to his contractual details, he gets less money every year guarantee. It's 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 kind of bad for him. But Ooh. Jared Jackson, defensive player of the year, in my eyes, do you agree?
1: I do agree. Um, and I have I was listening to the Ben Simmons podcast and I I heard them talk about Evan Mobley, And I was, I don't know. I think it's a bit of a reach. I think it is. I I get Jaron Jackson has trouble staying on the floor. And the, the big, the big thing they were comparing is that Jaron Jackson hasn't played a lot of minutes Correct. and that's what they're using to disqualify him. Um But he has played 66 games. So it's not like he's yeah. just like, hasn't played a lot of games no. but like he's met the, the threshold for next year and the threshold for this year in a lot of people's minds that I've heard. Um, so I think the, the Evan Mobley thing is just kind of like a, I think some people are really high on him um, and they're trying to like yeah. anoint him before, beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. But I just don't think he's had the same impact Jaron Jackson has. Like that defense on, in Memphis was not very good before he got back and once he got back, he shut everything down. Um, and he's, he's had a, a very good impact on the defensive end. And I know it shouldn't matter, but for me, just like on, when you're a good offensive player and you can also play defense, I think it means something. And I've seen Jaron Jackson take a big step scoring-wise offensively and even became an all-star this year. So um, I'm going with Jaron Jackson, but I won't be surprised if he gets um, second place.
0: I'll be shocked if he does. Um. Yeah. Look, I get it. He's a foul magnet, but when he's not <laughs> on the floor, they're twenty-six in defense. When he is, they're third. Him and Dylan Brooks deserve all defensive team honors, and I think they'll get them. So that's good because mm-hmm. yeah, when well, they've so. been out of when they've been out of the lineup, Memphis defense is like taking a dip. Like they're their yeah. defense.
1: Dylan Brooks, who you wanted to get rid of?
0: Yeah, not a huge fan yeah. of Dylan Brooks offensively. <laughs> But and I did call him a hack in the past. He's been d'ing up this year. This is by far his best defensive season. Uh, you know, the big thing I, you know, me and Ace will talk about is Jerry needed to get his butt more close to the paint. And he's done that this year. And this is why we're seeing him kind of average 18 a game. So now he's starting to become more of a multi dimensional threat as a stretch four. And if he's gonna become that for this team, with Bain taking his next step. Because I think Bang potentially could be an all-star with John Morant. That's a nice core. That is a very nice core in Memphis as they pursue a championship. But for now, Jaron Jackson, you are a defensive player of the year. Sixth man of the year, that's tough, bro. I have Emmanuel Quigley. Now, it's really between Quigley and Brogdon. Um, Boston fans are really advocating for Brogdon. But Quigley really took off, bro, after the all-star break. And it was really what he did in the biggest games, like delivering against Boston, delivering against Miami, giving you quality minutes off the bench. That's why I got Quiggs. A lot of people didn't tap into the Knicks last year because they weren't that good. But their final few games of the season, Tibbs went out of his way and played the young guys. And I think that gave them a lot of confidence and belief heading into next year that they were going to have to come in as a huge part of the second unit and deliver. Quigley was one of those guys that gained confidence, and he has delivered. And to me, he is the sixth man of the year. So you nodding uh Do we agree? We agree. We okay. do agree.
1: Uh, and uh, if I'm being honest, like, some of it is recency bias. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, quick I, – like, I think Brogdon is kind of being – a victim of, like, just being too consistent, whereas, like, quickly has slowly progressed and, like, gained momentum, especially in the last, like, month of the season with those big performances. Um, And then he's also improved on the defensive end. So he's added something. You know, Malcolm Brogdon has already had that. Already had, for sure. Yeah, it's just, like, when you're seeing this new guy kind of propel himself into the conversation and then adding things, and then showing up in big games where they're needed. Um, it's just, yeah, it, I feel bad for Brockett because he probably is, honestly, like the sixth man of the year. But quickly, it's just been better and been more impactful and just needed because he's not on the best team in the league, you know, right. or the best, the team that was the best uh, pretty much all of the year, if you're taking like from beginning to end. Um, but they've just been super consistent, and I think that's kind of played against him. Um, if they, like, struggled and he, like, came in and, and held it down while Brown and Tatum were both out or something like that, it'd be different. But uh, I'm going with quickly.
0: Yeah, um, it's like the MVP race, bro. Like, Jokic, yeah. for most of the year, he was the guy. And then Embiid had that crazy march, and he, you know, stamped it with that outstanding Finish against Boston in April I think what quickly is the same bro Outstanding February March and he delivered And you know you brought up a great point Brogdon is like an insurance policy for a Stacked Celtics team Mm -hmm. When Brunson either even if Brunson Has it and if he doesn't they lean On Quiggs to come off the bench Mm -hmm. and give him that Scoring punch on the perimeter Um, He really remodeled himself Into being the prototypical Lead guard off the bench For a tip squad And he deserves it, bro. And they're going to need him in the playoffs um, to play well for them to get out of the first round. Clutch player of the year before we head to the all-NBA teams. I think this is easy. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, bro. Um, Clutch shooting percentage. That's impacted winning at 15%. That's the highest. Stellar game-winning shots from the logo three to beat the Magic. um, At the buzzer. Distance triple to beat the Bulls. um, Both road performances. He's been that guy in the clutch pretty self-explanatory in my eyes do you agree
1: i agree as well um and i don't think it's close i think at at a point it was like him luca and dane but then yeah obviously dane team wasn't winning nearly as much and then luca got Kyrie, and then also wasn't winning nearly as much much fell off um and it's like for me i've seen all the numbers but the main thing is the eye test because as you know, we've gone back and forth about Zoe and Fox. And we you did. always you, – you think I'd be saying that Zoe's better than Fox. That's never been my stance. My okay. thing has always been they are both have not accomplished anything, meaning they both haven't – they didn't win rookie of the year. I think Zoe made first team all rookie, but, you know, what does that really matter? um Correct. they both weren't going to the playoffs like fox is scoring more points but like this team was bad you know so it was just right. like they were both progressing but neither one of them had really accomplished anything so i was like for me it was like okay well i can't really say who's better than who just like based off of what they accomplished but like the eye test i've seen the fox get better year after year after year after year and it's specifically I've seen him struggle in fourth quarters, like, in the past. So, like, just to see, to tune into games now and to, like, watch him in the fourth quarter from beginning to end, not only on the offensive end, but defensive end, um, really just pick his spots and, like, I'm about to score on this possession. Like, I'm just too fast. Like, I'm going to go by him. And if you're, if the, the big man helps too much, I'm going to pull up in his face or I'm going to, make another quick move and get to the rim and um, just seeing him take over games, like has been like very clear to me who the clutch player of the year is. So I'm going with Fox can't deny the numbers, can't deny the fourth quarter scoring, but I definitely cannot uh, deny what I've been seeing with my test.
0: Yeah. Um, look, I've always been in Fox corner, but I agree with you. He was never his fourth quarter closer until this year. And I think a lot of that has to do with him, improving his game beyond the paint. His jump shot is becoming much more reliable from two and three-point range. And to be honest, he's what we kind of thought John Wall could have been. He's John Wall with a jump shot. Now, I think John Wall's probably a better playmaker than him, but if John Wall always had the speed, he always could get from east to west, up and down with the best of them, but that jump shot was always hit or miss. Fox, it was the same thing, but now that jump shot is becoming more of a hit than a miss. And as that continues to evolve, he's going to get even better and better as time goes on. But what a year he's had. I think He's going to one clutch play of the year. I think he's going to be an all NBA guy. Finally has the accolades. And he justifies why I said at the time he was the best point guard in his draft class. He's finally going to deliver. I, mean, I think that's disrespectful to even. Say though, because that draft class wasn't a good point guard class. Like, I mean, of course, of course, it isn't five years later, but I was saying at the time, yeah. where a lot of people oh, was like, man. Yo, nah. Lonzo, next kid, folks. I don't know what they're comparing. Volts, I was like, Bro, De'Aaron Fox is gonna be the best point guard in this class, and he was obviously. Now it's not a flex, bro. Like, it's really not what's well, probably yeah. more of a flex is folks clears Lonzo, but I mean, Lonzo's been injured, so I don't think that's know yeah. flex either. But moving on, all NBA teams, Clem, this is where it's going to get good. Let's go with first teams. Let's go with the guards. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say mine's first, and I'm interested to hear yours. So Mm -hmm. I said on Twitter, if Luca fell off the map, there is no way he is going to be first team for me. And he fell off the map. So there's no way he's first team for me. He's not even second team, but we're going to get there. Uh, My first team guards, Clem, are SGA, and I got to give it up to Donovan Mitchell, bro. He took over that last month. It reminded me of when remember when Booker last year in the month of March just went crazy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. everybody was like, yo, MVP, MVP. And I was like, he's not getting MVP. But I think he stamped his ticket for first team All-NBA. And he did. I think yeah. Donovan Mitchell did the same thing, bro. We have the same guards first team or what?
1: Yeah, and Donovan Mitchell better appreciate the spot now. Because Book's coming back next year. He is, team.
0: yeah. <laughs> um,
1: lucky my boy was hurt so long, but no, um, Mitchell has been the steady force for that Cavs team, and um, he deserves it. He's first team, no doubt. Uh, played 68 games this year, um, and helped anchor that offense. Like outside of Garland, they don't really have like offense first guys, so he's been leading the charge there. And SGA, although he's the 10 seed, I had him, I went back and forth with him in the second mm-hmm. second team but i mean the guy has just like we said with the most improved he's just he's reached a new level and he's carrying this team that team should not even be in the playing honestly they should um yeah. so yeah I, I give it to him he he plays defense too which i love um, right. and sky's the limit with that kid man like this is the second second year where he's shown some not only all-star potential, but now the All-NBA. And he was an MVP candidate. Like, I would say at least one-third of the year. So that accounts for something.
0: 31 points per game on 51% shooting. Him and Luca kind of had a similar stat. So I'm going with him. 90% first team from the line. Yeah, 90% from the line. He did what Luca couldn't do, bro. Get his team to the play So that's first team for you, buddy, because <laughs> no one expected that. Front court but... players... I got Giannis, I got Tatum and I have Embiid. Here's why. Mm-hmm. Jokic, I don't know what happened. I don't know if he feels sorry for Embiid. I don't know if he's like, right, so. bro, I don't really care. He just gave up towards the end of the yeah. year and I think that that knocked him off of first team for me. And so Giannis 35 and 5, 35, 30 10 and 5. Bro, he's been solid. He he he's going first team. Tatum is the first Celtic player ever to average thirty points per game, which is crazy because they've had Larry Bird, they've had Paul Pierce, they've had KG, they've had Havlicek, Bill. Brown, and he's the first to get thirty as a Celtic. Gotta give it to him. He's also played seventy plus games. And Joel Embiid leads the league in scoring. He's gonna get that center spot. Those are my three frontcourt guys, bro. When it comes to first team All in the NBA, do we have the same?
1: Yes, we do. And mm-hmm. at first, I was I was gonna be sarcastic and go with the new ballot from the CBA, and I, I had Jokic at center and, and right. at four, be that power be Giannis at three. But I said bump that. I want to keep it the way it's been historically, Correct. Um, because I think this is a reflection of I, all NBA team matters a lot to me. Um,
0: it does. I think <laughs> it's a
1: reflection of like who. Are the best players like you can look back at any year and be like all right who were the top 15 players who were the top 10 players who were the top five players yeah. um from that season um and i think this list reflects uh, i feel like i'm contradicting myself now your <laughs> ah. should, should be in the top five nevertheless yeah. you know there was many years where there were three great centers and you know guys didn't make it or there were many good guards and guys didn't make it you got to be the best of the best and Jokic was the best center this year um yeah. so we'll give it to Embiid even though it was really close Um, uh, Embiid Giannis and Tatum I have them as my uh forward two forwards and center um so yeah same there
0: Yeah, Jokic, man, he made it easy for us. He just checked out to end the year. Yeah, Um, he, he,
1: he, he you know, Jokic is not confrontational. And I feel like once he's not, Perk started bringing up race and and B started talking about his defense numbers being phony. He was just like, Look, man, I just want to play basketball. I don't don't want to smoke. He don't. I'm going to deal with my Western Conference. You do with your Eastern Conference because I know you probably not going to make it far anyway. So he won't. um, (laughs) I, Yeah, I yeah. think he just like he was just like, Look, guys, I don't really need this award, I don't care. I'm trying to win the championship, and that's the, the mindset you need to have.
0: Hey, man, yoke took one for the team. Um, I think he's gonna replace Curry as the most unselfish superstar in the league, and he proved why right here. Because, um, if he finished the season, he, he would have been first team for me over and beat him, be honest. Second team, I got two guards. I got Fox, he made second team. You don't have Curry. I do. Now, mm. he played only 56 games, but dog, bro, he averaged 29, bro, shooting almost 50% from the field. And when he came back from that injury, he really helped propel the Warriors to a top six seed. He's second team for me, dog. But who's your second team guards?
1: Hmm. I have. And this gonna this is gonna be a little bit of a shake up. Okay. I have John ja Morant.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: Played 61 games. And I think everyone's forgetting what this guy was doing when he was healthy. Or not yeah. I shouldn't even say healthy before the whole incident happened. Um like he's still averaging twenty six points a game, you know. Oh yeah. yeah eight yeah. To six. For sure Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like, he, he, it's, it's not like he just isn't playing anymore, you know? Like, I'm not going to forget all the highlight plays and how he really steered this team into, like, a top two seed early on in the year before Jaron Jackson was even playing. Um, right. Don't get me wrong, Desmond Bain uh, plays a big part in that too, but it was clear that job was the catalyst for that team and was in pretty much MVP conversation at least half of the season. Um, Whereas I think that the guys who I have on the third team, um, one we'll, we'll reveal later, but I hey, don't think say those they, say those, but okay, they were either not in the standings um, right. where where Josh's team is at, or they weren't um, in the MVP conversation that Josh ja was in. So I think when you combine the the best of the two worlds, and he's not a slouch on defense either, that that plays a part. Um, And my second one, really going to shake things up. I feel like every year we just overlook guys who are performing at high levels on high teams. And, like, probably guys who wouldn't be stars on their own team. But we need to reward two-way players, man. I got Drew Holiday, Joe. Oh, Drew Holiday. God. He played sixty-seven games. <laughs> okay. He was an All-Star this year. Okay. He elevated from the third to the second best player, and with Giannis only playing sixty-three games this year, he mm-hmm. was the best player on the floor a lot of nights. And my uh, Milwaukee didn't miss a beat. They 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 they, 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 they had a little bit, a little bit, little bit but, a little bit, but yeah. But Drew Holiday was reliable throughout, and he's on the best team in the league. Like you gotta reward that. You have to give a guy like that some type of recognition. And I was gonna put him 13, but then uh, I went back and forth for him to Luca. I was like, look at not make the playoffs, bro. He like, did. I can, you can't be he a did. top 10 player. You can't he be a did. superstar. Mm-hmm. And 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 you didn't make the playoffs. But obviously, Damn. like I'm not gonna let one year define Luca's entire legacy or where he's at. He's still a superstar, but. Like, he needs to take some type of a hit for this. So I'm going with Drew. I think he needs to be recognized. Chris Middleton has made a third-team all-NBA as the second-best player on the championship team. So I think that Drew, with what he brings offensively, defensively, and his availability every single night, um, I think that he deserves to be second-team all-NBA. And he made the All Star team this year, so
0: why not? I've heard the clamoring for Drew recently to get All-NBA. I wouldn't have a problem with it. I just... Man... Uh, I just hear your voice in the back of my head, bro, like, hey, hey, <laughs> them, them dudes with reps, bro, they batter, and I just don't see Drew <laughs> over Luka, Curry, uh, yeah, John... It might just,
1: be a little far-fetched, bro. But... Uh,
0: it's a little far He picked... Here's the, here's the unfortunate reality. This year, everybody was getting almost 30, and a lot of yeah. cats that was getting almost 30, they in the playoff picture, and so... I just don't see how Drew fits in with it all. I don't. It's unfortunate. Um, they're gonna they're gonna find a they're gonna find a, fo- a place for Fox. He's gonna get into. So this ain't the year for Drew, bro. Um, maybe if De'Aaron, maybe if the Kings didn't have that much success, yes, I could see Drew in there. But Kings had some success, so I don't see how he fits. Front court players, I think it's pretty easy for me. Second team: Jalen Brown, Julius Randle, Nikola Jokic. Like I don't. Yep. I don't think wow, that's, okay. that's particularly hard. Yeah, I think that's that's simple. Um, Julius Randle really under the radar, bro. He went 25-10 for 46% shooting. Look, I gotta I apologize, Julius, bro. I did the same thing <laughs> to Siakam. I thought when y'all dudes rose to prominence, I was like, that's their apex, that's their peak. And prove me wrong, both of you guys have been able to be multi-time all nba caliber players which is very good considering where you guys used to be early on in your respective careers he's second team all nba he just i mean that's easy Jokic, need i say less Jalen brown there was a conversation should he be a shooting guard should he be a small forward? i put him at small forward. he's having a career year this is very important for him to get this individual nod because that adds to his potential extension and he deserves it because you know coming into the year he was a top 20 player for me and he's been the second best player on the second best team in the NBA, uh, so he deserves to be second team on the NBA. Sounds like we got the same front court. Yes, we do. Um, That's good. No, no frets
1: there. Uh, Jalen Brown, Randall has been playing well, and then Yokichu is a top five player, but because of the positions uh, we had in center.
0: And third team is where things get a little spicy for me at the guards. <laughs> I put Luka and Ja. Uh, I, I, that's where I have – they're going to put Luka in there. Um, I did pre-warn Luka stands Hey, bro, if he don't make the playoffs, I don't see how he's first team. And they're like, oh, he's going to be there. I'm like, don't let SGA make it over him. And SGA made it over him. So there's that. Fox play has been phenomenal. His team's top three. So he doesn't deserve to be on first or second team. But I, I'll give him third over Dame. Because his play, at least throughout the year, was playoff caliber. Dames wasn't. And then I got Ja second team. Because I think Ja, like you said, early on in the year, he was playing at a first-team All-NBA Apex. Then when he came back from the suspension, he's been playing at a non-All-NBA Apex. He's had some struggles. But I think he's done enough, and his team's second best in the West. And when he's been in the lineup, they're like several games above five hundred. He deserves an All-NBA nod over Dame, over Brunson, over Drew Holiday. So he's my third team guard. Who's yours?
1: I have <clears throat> Luka and De'Aaron Fox. Okay. Um, Luka obviously is a first-team All-NBA talent, but they yeah. didn't make the playoffs, so that mm-hmm. dropped in the second team. And they didn't make the play-in, so I had to drop him in the I just, can't. I just can't. Um <laughs> I just can't. top <laughs> like been pretty much th- which is weird because like there's a world where he could probably finish number five in MPV voting. Um mm-hmm. but his defense has been so bad this year on top of his leadership. He's getting to yeah. that point now where it's like the expectations are changing from like, oh yeah, good young talent to like, all right, why you not winning Yeah. Like why why you not you know being a leader why are you not playing defense like you're not you're not in that young category anymore you're going into I think year five now, uh, going mm-hmm. next year so you're in this you're in this point where it's like okay Jokic one of his MVPs and B's about to get his Giannis has got his Giannis got his ring I think Jokic is going to get one in the next two or three years if not this year I don't know if MB is gonna get one, but I feel like NB's held to a little bit of a different standard because of his injuries. Luca's next up. Luca and Tatum are going, and Tatum already got to the finals and been in the East yeah. Cup finals like yeah. three times, I believe. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Luca's next up. <laughs> you know, like he's about to get the fire next. Um, so, you know, I, I go on, I call him Luca Legend and in, in all these great things. I believe that he's um, probably the best offensive player in the league today, but he just yeah. is really bad on defense, and um, I believe in two-way players. you got to play both sides of the court, and he's been really bad, and his team isn't helping with that with uh, their lack of defense there too. So I have the third team. Um, at the end of the day, winning matters, and if you can't make the play in, in um, uh Western Conference that has, has been injury-ridden the entire year, that says a lot about where you are. So third team for him. Um, Fox I have him 13 because okay he like up until I want to say the all-star break for me I think Sabonis was the best player on that team I think he really started to take the bull by the horn after the all-star break like I think once he made it and he got like that weight off his shoulder he was like okay now I'm like I can play more freely and just do me but he barely made the all-star team so I think that says a lot about where he where he was in the status of the NBA yeah before. up until the all-star break so gotcha. for me it was like okay probably like one-third of the season he was an all-NBA player and he barely made the all-star team and I look at a guy like Drew, Drew barely made it either but his impact for his team um I think goes like a longer way because he played both sides of the floor but in in the real world, honestly, is probably not going to make it. Um, but this is my list. Uh, I got Fox 13, um, played 73 games. And I think because he's going to win the clutch play of the year and it because helps. the bonus is going to be a lock for that third center and because Mike Brown's going to get the coach of the year, I think in a way it's going to pull his weight down for an all-NBA team. They're going to be like, oh, well, it's his first time doing it. We don't want to give him too much, like, praise. Um, so there's a world where I think he may not make it, but I think he deserves to be at least 13.
0: Yeah. Uh, let me touch base on Luka. Uh, might be the most overrated superstar in the NBA. Uh, and I raised my hand. you taking on. it too far. you taking I it too raised, far, bro. <laughs> I raised my hand. I raised my hand because cause I overrated him. You know, coming into the year, he was top five for me, bro. He was the fifth oh, best player man. in the league. And top five players, bro, they at least meant the playoffs. I mean, Jokic with nobodies uh, <laughs> made it at least to the playoffs, bro. <laughs> he won a game against the defending champs last year, so I'm a little disappointed. Um, I'm gonna lay off him though a little bit next year because I think he got humbled. And as I was talking about it to my friend, I'm like, Luka needs to get humbled because I think he thinks he's a little bit bigger than this, and he just got humbled. Uh, but I need to see more man You're a phenomenal player And uh, there's no excuse as a top 5 talent in the league You're not making at least a plan So he lucky to be Third team but I'm not Putting Damian Willard on no team bro I'm sorry so <laughs> I, uh, Luca, you got it Um, Fox Well oh, Ja I had Ja Ja you know If he didn't have the suspension I think he would have been First team I really do but yeah, You know he was an idiot And then when he came back after being an idiot, he low-key started playing kind of like an idiot, too, because I think he got in his head, like, dang, like I need to be all NBA because if I'm not, I'm going to miss out on millions of dollars. I'm like, well, should have thought about that before he did the dumb stuff. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think he's going to be able to get in. Now, front court for 13, for me, it gets spicy, bro. (sighs) Small four was tough because I'm not going to lie. If Kawhi Leonard played just eight more games... I think he's All-NBA because, bro, he killed it this year. He just played 52 games. So I had Jimmy Butler. I had Jaron Jackson. And I had Sabonis. Now, wow. Jaron Jaren helped his case the last month of the year, well, March, because he started going off like 30, 35. He was adding that point production with the defensive player of the year acumen. And we've seen Draymond Green before make third team All NBA with weaker stats than, than Jared Jackson. So he was already an all-star. I think he's gonna be defensive player of the year. He's giving you 18 a game. I think he's gonna get 13th. I do. Uh Jimmy Butler turned it on late. But I think he's like the only small forward I feel like is eligible enough to be All NBA. Durant yeah. hasn't played enough. Kawhi um, hasn't played enough. LeBron hasn't played enough. Uh, Paul George. Paul and- George played hasn't, played hasn't played enough. Anthony Davis. Yeah, right. Anthony Edwards. Zion. And, right, Zion. Like they haven't played. Not enough, to say Anthony so- Davis. Oh, you say Anthony Davis, but um, mm. he hasn't either. So that's why Sabonis got their team. Anthony Edwards is low key a small forward, but I he's been aight, but you know, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think he's, you know, so yeah. Yeah. front court third team is tough. So that's who I got. I'm intrigued to hear who you have.
1: Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, we have pretty much the same list. Um, wow. except I don't have a uh, triple J. I actually, okay. I made a, I made a fourth team all in the, uh, <laughs> <Fourteen. laughs> <laughs> because i'm a troll um i have the same as you I have jimmy as my small forward uh played yeah. 64 games and really turned it on to no one's surprise honestly and like i said man like he has a reputation people know who he is we've seen what he did last year and the year before um he's an all nba talent and the only thing that stops him from being that is him not playing games he plays 64 yes. games and when he plays they win and he plays good so Plays both ends of the uh, court as well, um, and then center. I had the same as you with Sabonis. Plays heavy nine games. Like I said, uh, I think two thirds of the year he was the best player on the second best, third best team in the West. Um, so give him the nod there. Obviously, we know that AD doesn't play enough. Um, and yeah, Sabonis is sneaky. Like he's gonna go down as one of like I, this. is I think he's, what third all of your team uh actually no I, I think it's i think it's his first actually
0: he's his third first all-star first, okay third all-star correct yeah
1: yeah so this is his first uh all NBA and he deserves it um he does he it. helped he, does. he played a big part here um and then for forward i i have triple j on my fourth team all nba on my okay. third team all nba shame on you because you was just up here talking about this man like he was like he, i just ascended to this franchise player to use your words but you don't even have him on your all-NBA uh, team. Laurie marketing. Come on. Come on, kid.
0: Uh, I, you Laurie,
1: know what? Right? 66, I, 66 games, bro. He started started it. off Utah Jazz we're yeah. in, the, uh, in the playoff hunt pretty much the entire year. They had no business being there. It was the best player team. All-star starter. Improved 11 points, like you said. Um, and it wasn't even no, like, flute stuff. He was he was playing. Oh, like, no, no, it was real. He's a yeah. long – he's an all-star. He's an all-NBA player. He plays both ends of the floor, shoots it well. Like, he deserves to be first-team – or not first-team, uh, third-team all-NBA.
0: And I think he would be if Jaron Jackson didn't take an all-star leap as well as a two-way player. So –
1: I, I'm not gonna say he's an all-star two-way player. Just two-way yet. player. I just he's
0: <laughs> he's
1: he's still a defensive-heavy guy who can score now. Uh, like I think he's a good second option. Like I know I've been harping on Memphis all year. Like they don't have a a seconds guy. Like I think he can score on the yeah. like as a second guy. I just don't know if he's gonna be in the game to do it. But you know who will be? Lowry all the time.
0: You can't go wrong with either. I would not have a problem with Laurie's third team. He probably will be. But um, I think got Jaron cause he's gonna be on the all defensive team. He's gonna probably win defensive play of the year. He was already an all-star. He came on strong in the season. He's almost averaging 19 a game. I think the writers may be like, let's hook up J- Let's hook up Jaron. Uh um, hey, don't be
1: surprised if they sneak Bam in there. Cause I think he should be eligible for a four. That's the only reason I don't have him in there. He played seventy-five games this year.
0: No. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, to end it all up, because uh, it's been a long pop but a good one, bro. Just, yeah. Man, it's always great to talk NBA basketball, especially with the playoffs. Future of Rudy Gobert in Minnesota. Clem mm-hmm. revealed Rudy will not be playing in the playing game tomorrow as the Wolves suspended him for punching teammate Kyle Anderson during a sideline dispute. Uh, I ain't gonna lie, Clem. The dispute was revealing because... When the punch happened, none of his teammates really defended him. They were either looking at him like, huh? Or Torian Prince was like, he called him the B2 before he did the punch. And then he pushed Rudy. Out. I was like, ain't nobody like him. Um, And it was a crucial moment. It was a crucial moment of the game, bro. Crucial regular season finale. And rumor was, I, you know, I read some articles. Gobert in that game had a messed up back. He messed up his back. Hmm. The game prior against the Spurs, Kyle Anderson was the one that was pushing Rudy to go because Rudy came to the the stadium late and he he probably talked to, you know, the team, like, I don't know if I could go. And Kyle was like, bro, we need you. We need you to go. Come on, come on, you could go. And Rudy was like, all right, I'll go, which makes it kind of messed up that during the game, Rudy's obviously compromised, so he's not on the glass like he usually is and Kyle will come up to him and be like, hey, bro, you need to be on those boards. I'm pretty sure Rudy's like, dog, I'm not even supposed to be out here. (laughs) You push me to be out here. And so, look, I'm going to be honest, has been a great year for Rudy. Lowest block per game total for Gobert since his rookie year, although he is averaging 1.7 blocks per game, which is not bad. Um, He's only averaging 11.6 rebounds per game. That's not bad either, but his lowest total in six years, he hasn't had a bad season but it's not what the Wolves signed up for. And considering they gave up five first-round picks and potential all-rookie Walker Kessler, the locker room doesn't really mess with Bro. He hasn't really delivered. He's not going to play in the biggest playoff-caliber game of the year tomorrow. Is there a world where Rudy is shipped off this offseason for ownership to at least save face and be like, look, you messed up. We got a clean... Got to get rid of the guy that's messing up the team continuity and, I guess, in essence, build around Tad and Anthony Edwards.
1: Yes, there is definitely a possibility that could be happening. The only way it can happen, though, is if there's a team in the league that's more desperate than them. Now, where in this NBA landscape full of desperation can can they find a team? I mean, there's just so many.
0: So many. So many.
1: I mean, there's the Mavericks,
0: and then Dame
1: came out today and made a statement that Mm -hmm. he can be going to Portland because, you know, Dame don't play no defense. He does. And he kind of made it known that he wants Jeremy Grant there but doesn't want Shaden Sharp there or Anthony Simons. He wants to get rid of the young guys and get guys who can win. So it would be very funny, especially with what Draymond tweeted, if Draymond got the bag from Portland – And then they ended up trading away to get Rudy and saying, hey, doing kind of what Portland, um, kind of what Cleveland's doing. Say, hey, we're going to go heavy offense with two of our guys and then heavy defense with the other two. And then the third guy, we're going to try to get a balanced guy. Um, So there's a world where Draymond and Rudy could be on the same team, which would be (laughs) hilarious. Uh, Will it happen? I doubt it. But possibility. I think he can go to the Mavs. Um, Obviously, we know their defensive struggles they've had all year. Um, I think he could possibly even go to the Bulls where they're already a good defensive team. But is kind of like the weak link there and he needs his touches and he's on a contract year. I can see them trying to part ways from him. So luckily, the NBA is in a place where it's like even the teams that are winning, like the Clippers could be in a desperation mode. Come the off season, depending on if they win or lose. um So, if I had to put my money on it, I think he's gonna be there at least until the All Star break next year, just because his value is not high around the league right now, and they're not gonna they they just threw away too much to give him away for like half of that value. But he doesn't have a very high value around the league, and then he's not a good locker room guy. On top of that, like. It reminds me of some of my old teammates, like, and for some reason, it's always like the big guys, like, it's, it's like the big dudes who, like, everybody knows that, like, Rudy's not lazy, but it's like, bro, like, you're not good enough to be talking to me the way that you're talking to me. Like, you big, <laughs> but you're really good because you big. Like, <laughs> like, if you wasn't big, you wouldn't be that good. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, you're not a skillful <laughs> guy but right. you like to talk like you're like the captain leader of the team and everyone's like you know i get what i get what you're trying to do like you're not you're not a bad guy but you just you just your timing is always bad like this is not the time to be telling me what to do especially when you run around with two left feet like come on bro um so unfortunately that's the situation with Rudy but um I don't think he's going to play for one of these teams. Like you mentioned the Rockets in the group. T- I just don't see that happening just because like he's not a good locker room presence and that's already a bad locker room. And he's a guy who's going to like if he if you tell him to like sit on a bench, I feel like he's going to be worse just sitting on a bench not playing than being on a, a contender. So I think he's going to go to a contender that's desperate rather than um, like a younger team that, you know, doesn't have anything to play for.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate for Rudy. I think, um, you know, I think he's a bad locker room guy because I think his teammates understand. Uh, he's a system player, but he's not effective in a basketball sense that they view is reliable, which is the offensive end. Like he's not, and we we clown him a little bit sometimes. So he's not DeAndre eight. Well, yeah, DeAndre Aiden's energies are high and low, but we know if we feed DeAndre Aiden the basketball about eight to ten times and he's engaged, he could get us 25, 30. Mm. You're not really getting that with Rudy. With Rudy, you're getting 10 boards. You're getting four or five blocks. You're getting a rim protector, but you may get 16 points. You may get seven because it depends on can he catch the basketball and finish up top or can he not? And so I think, you know – I knew something was up when they got rid of d and d they kind of scapegoated d and was like, yo, we got rid of d because he couldn't get along with Rudy. And the unfortunate thing with Rudy is he's sensitive and he's offensively compromised. That's not a great combination. Like, <laughs> if you're sensitive, but you go who? Like Kevin Durant. If you're sensitive... <laughs> But you could who prime Ben Simmons. We bro, we can work through that. Like all like, right, mm-hmm. but bro, you're sensitive and you're offensively challenged. So it's like, I, I'm giving you easy looks, you fumble in the basketball, and then you getting mopey and you're mad and you're like, nah, man, like, hey, you need to bro. I'm like, dog, I, I just gave you four easy, easy opportunities and you fumbled them. I'm moving <laughs> on. And that's why they went out <laughs> and got Mike Conley because Conley has a better rapport, with Rudy, because he's more patient. And lenient mm-hmm. with him, and you know, it was either D and then early on in the year, Anthony Edwards was like, Bro, I got two big dudes clogging up the lane. He was really getting on Go Bear because towns really don't be in the lane like that. Like the squad has never really bought in the Ruby. And, and yeah. Nas
1: Reed, you remember earlier in the year when I asked him what's the problem with the team? Probably, he
0: says, We all know what the problem is, and we, we all know what I, he meant by that. Remember that he don't like.
1: That's been four guys. That's four guys
0: commented in one season, and they don't, bro. The team does not like Rudy. Um, not to mention five with TP, five (laughs) five, right. And the unfortunate thing is this though, I don't even think it's a Rudy problem. I think the problem is him and Towns. They just can't play together at the same time. They can't. I thought they could. They just can't do it. So anytime one of the two are out they look a lot better on both ends of the floor because there's more lane opportunities for the guard to drive and be effective. So that's just the unfortunate reality of it all. I think Rudy is not a bad guy. I don't think he's a bad player. I just think because he's, like I said before, offensively challenged, his teammates don't respect him as a reliable option on the floor. So, they kind of give him the Ben Simmons treatment, which is, I'm not looking for you. Get it off the glass. And Mm -hmm. I just felt bad for him yesterday because I didn't feel like it was his fault. After I read what I read, bro, he should have never been out there. He had the back issue, but he's out there for the team because we know why he's out there. Nas Reed's out. Carl Anthony Towns is back, but he's still three or four games off, you know, from his injury. They don't have a lot of big depth. On the front line so he's out there Taking one for the team And Kyle Anderson is out here getting on him For not hustling for the boards And he's like bro I'm not hustling for the boards Because my back messed up And mm-hmm. then Kyle's out here for all the cameras Saying you a PAB And it's yeah. like alright bro Like you gotta get this forearm bro Like, like you, gotta get, <laughs> you gotta get a little love tap And then the whole team looking at me Like man you tripping Like what I'm tripping So and then I don't know if you saw this. It leaked out on Twitter. Somebody from the organization leaked out audio of Kyle Anderson, like, basically saying, bro, y'all always treat Rui, bro, with kid gloves. Basically, that dude's soft. Y'all got to make mm. some decisions this summer. That's five dudes, bro, that don't like this guy. And so I, I think you're right. Like, I think they're going to stick by him at least for half the season. Yeah. But I think well, here's what's going to really be revealing. If they win the playing game, right, And they head into the playoffs against Memphis. And they're at least halfway effective in that series with Rudy not primarily on the floor. They're just going to sell Rudy off for like a bag of chips and just dust their hands off of that and move on. Because I think they've discovered Anthony Edwards is the future. Carl Anthony Towns is our second guy. All we need to do is get somebody at the five that can at least do Rudy's job half well. And last time I checked, Brooke Lopez is available as a free agent. So if you're able to pivot off of Rudy and get a Brook Lopez, now we're cooking. It's just unfortunate because I feel like Rudy has now become underrated by the fans and underrated by his own teammates, because I think everybody is focused on he's offensively limited and you can play him off the floor against small ball lineups. But if you look at his resume and you look at what he's been able to provide year in and year out, he is – He's a first ballot Hall of Fame rim protector with offensive okay. limitations. <laughs> I mean, it's just. i glad you
1: said rim protector. Rim was...
0: protector, right. All right, all right. Rim protector. First ballot Hall of Fame. Rim protector. I mean, he's, <laughs> he, he's a French Dikembe Mutombo, bro. Like, that's what he is. The unfortunate reality is Dikembe played in the right era. So, Rudy's in an era of small ball where he can get played off the floor. No, but
1: Bro, Dikembe used to score. Oh, Dikembe
0: the was like that. He though, had, but...
1: but every big back then had at least one post move. Like, yes. they were, like, taught. Like, you couldn't get to the next level. You couldn't do one little hook. Like, right. dudes nowadays, they can't post up 6-7, guys. Like, crazy.
0: They can't. And so that's just the cold reality with Rudy. But, you know... Hope he's able to find the light at the end of the tunnel for the sake of his career. Because I personally think he was not in the wrong this time around. But I think throughout the year, it's just been a bad fit, not just on the court, but his own team don't mess with him. And it's just unfortunate. They really miss Pat Bev. Like, look, they could have got Rudy Gobert and kept Patrick Beverly. I know they could have. And I think if Pat Bev was in the locker room, he would have made D'Lo... Pat, Torian Prince And he would have made all them guys be like Hey look y'all, look hey, Because cause, look, he linked up with Westbrook They had beef Yeah, They buddies, so he would have been like Hey bro, get off of Rudy, we know what Rudy can do He probably would have told him, I got Rudy I got Rudy, y'all worry about yourselves Alright, I got him And he would have took off So if they're able to get Patrick Beverly back this offseason They need to do that ASAP Because they they need him, they need him bro He was their emotional leader and they're missing all that because now Kyle Anderson is leading the charge. Kyle Anderson is out here cussing me out, right. and I'm out here with a broke back? Come on, bro. <laughs> Come on, man. But, you know, Rudy, but he able to do that because Rudy not built like that, bro. Like, that was his time to be like, all right, Kyle, I got something for you. But even when he did a little form, he gonna back up. I'm like, back up for what? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's just tough. Oh.
1: We shall see. We shall see.
0: We shall see indeed. But a uh, great episode, bro. NBA man, Intel man. with my man Clum. Kimbuga Mani, yours truly. Hey man, we went two hours. We went the distance talking about NBA playoff basketball. What series can't you wait to watch, Clum, as we head into this weekend?
1: Yeah, man. My favorite, the favorite series uh right now is gonna be the Lakers and Shannon Sharp versus the Memphis Grizzlies, because I think the Lakers are going to win that seventh seed. Um, it's going to be really interesting because this is going to be a lot of trash talking in that series. Last November still remember Desmond Bain telling LeBron to stop crying, and obviously we had that whole debacle with Janice Sharp and uh, Dylan Brooks. Um, so it's, it's going to be a hell of a series to see what happens there. The old heads versus the new heads. Um, and then obviously the um, the uh, uh, Clippers and Suns gonna be another one, and then the Warriors and Kings. So like those three. Um, and then obviously like I, I want to see if Zion comes back, man. I still uh, I hope. I, still I don't got think he's coming, bro. Because they, yeah. they said they said he's not gonna make the, he's not gonna play the play He's not. They don't they don't like I think he started playing three on three, but he hasn't played five on five as of early last week. So if they make the, the playoffs and they're playing Denver, I don't think they'll beat Denver, but at least like if he can get six games under his belt with the full team, like at least it'll be something to look forward to. Cause we got the whole off season, Like why, why would you just let him play? Hmm. Just let him play. If he, even if he get hurt again, he has, excuse my legs, like four months <laughs> to rest. Let the man play, bro. Let him play.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I don't I normally see it, but uh, <laughs> I don't. But um, I know where you staying, Yeah. But without further ado, don't you know, see me in Clem next week. Um, just the podcast to listen to. My God, for sure. But um, so. catch y'all on the other side. Peace. Peace out.